friends, and welcome to Pod Return of the Waking Sands. We are a Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast where we explore the lore and story of Heidelin and beyond. My name is Jen, and I'm joined by my co-host and researcher. I'm Levi. What's up, Levi? What's up, Jen? What's up? We are doing our look back on ARR so far. Yes, this is our retrospective episode for the introductory content to A Realm Reborn. We're taking a moment to catch our breath here before we delve into the next chunk of content. So, Jen, it's been 18 episodes so far, 19 if we count the Memory Hold episode zero. Yeah, which will never see the light of day. Correct. <laughs> yeah. How's the experience been for you so far, Jen? It's been very interesting. The The first couple of episodes, it just felt really surreal. It was kind of like a random, oh, you know what we should do? We should do a podcast. Neither of us are, quote unquote, you know, entertainers, <laughs> nor, nor are we very chatty people. But I guess about this game, we decided we're chatty enough. I think you're very entertaining. Oh, my God. Thanks for that. But yeah, it was weird to see also that people would listen to the episodes. It basically was like, you know what, we're just going to do this for ourselves. And if people listened, cool. And then when people listened, it was, it was weird. So it's been, it's been neat. Well, I think there is a, there's an honest gap in the podcast out there, which, like I had said on our, our first episode, I went looking for this thing when I first started playing the game and couldn't find it. There is so much information in this game, and I feel like I missed out on probably two-thirds of it, roughly, my first playthrough, at least until I got more of a feel for the world and understood what all these terms meant. So my retention from A Realm Reborn is absolute garbage, whereas I recall so much more of the later content once I kind of understood the workings of the world itself. But even then, like there were things that happened in the later expansions which kind of came off of A Realm Reborn and just kind of tied into the world in general, and I didn't have the same feel for it that I do now, especially after all the researching done for this podcast. I have picked up so much more this second playthrough. Yeah, doing the second playthroughs that we've had to do for the podcast, uh, everything has so much more context now, and... Uh, it just, it's it's fleshed everything out. And before, you know, these names of places and people and things would get thrown around in NPC dialogue and you're just like, oh, Gilmora, okay, apparently that's a thing that existed. I mean, you're literally walking around these these ruins and there's, there is a storied history related to all of them. And in your first playthrough, it's just like, boop, 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 cool, cool places. And that's, you know, you don't know anything. But this time... We know stuff, and it, it makes it that much more of a, a richer experience. Well, frankly, this podcast keeps me honest, too, in terms of actually going to the other materials out there and referencing them against the gameplay itself. Right. Yeah, you come across a weird, I don't know, a location or a person from the from the distant past uh, in Eorzea or Heidelin at large, and it's to the wiki or whatever, <laughs> to the uh, encyclopedia so that you don't just skip over like you did the first time. There are so many moments later on in the game where some random NPC shows up and they're like, hey, remember me? 
and I'm like, oh, not fuck. really, <laughs> because oh, no. it's been so long, and there's been so much dumped yeah. on me. Usually when you have the option, if somebody comes by and you talk to them and then there's like a, a, a choice that pops up. Oh, yeah. I remember when you did blah, 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 blah. Or I'm sorry, who are you again? And I'm like, ah, God, I don't really remember them, but I'm going to click. Oh, yeah, I totally remember you. Like kind of like I would in real life. Absolutely. And then just hope your memory at some point will click into place. Just fake it till you make it, Jen. Let's move on to updates on what we covered beforehand some things that came in, into place afterwards. The first thing that I flagged, Jen, which I was kicking myself for not having had this in my my awareness during the Thaumaturge episode, because the, the five guildmasters of the Thaumaturge's guild were promoted to this position by the Sultana Nanamo herself after the riots that arose during the Calamity. These are called the Sultana's Seven, this because seven people aided her in this attempt when all others turned her down or otherwise withdrew from the conflict. So we have the five guildmasters, Papa Shan, who is the former Sultan Sworn and trusted advisor of the Sultana, and Pippin Tarupin, who we have not met yet this playthrough. These seven people were the ones who backed up the Sultana as she confronted the crowds and tried to quell the riots during the Calamity as thanks and also because she was pissed at the former guildmaster, the Sultana appointed these five Lalafels that helped her as the new Thaumaturgy guildmasters. So when we encounter them, they, they're already part of the Sultana 7, right? Yes, because one, we encountered them after the Calamity. And this happened during the Calamity, and two, they are the guildmasters when we meet them in A Realm Reborn. Interesting. I don't think it's mentioned in the Thaumaturge job quest. It's not. And what reminded me was actually the rising event from this year, because yeah. there was a portrait of the Sultana's Seven, which was one of the plot elements. Yep. You can find the full story of this thing. There's a short story on the Lodestone website. And they also just released a printed compilation of these short stories. So it's maybe like a page or two about this event. Of the of the rising or the riots? The riots. Okay. Yeah, that's not mentioned at all. But I guess it's, you know, it's off topic. <laughs> yeah. You're not there to get their uh, credentials. In other news, if you are awaiting news of the Life Mend stump in <clears throat> Central Shroud, our favorite place. Um, I confirmed firsthand that the stump is indeed a place that was used by the Gordanians to leave items for the Mughals to mend. This is a plot point in the Gordania story of 1.0. Oh, see, see, that's such bullshit, man. They've gatekeeped, <laughs> gatekeeped, gatekept this information. So if you were part of the, the OG group who were playing 1.0, then you know this stuff. And then... If you're, you know, a uh, a follower who joined up in Final Fantasy XIV after Yoshi P took it over and, and <laughs> changed everything, then um, go fuck yourself. We're just going to name drop all of this stuff and good luck to you. It doesn't affect your experience of the game, in my opinion. It, it's not like you're held back in any way. I mean, it does add a little like, oh, what's... And they mention, you know, places and people, it's... Again, you just have to skim over it. But it would be so nice 
to have that information. Like I was in um, just today running around with one of my alts and I got to the Tamtara Deep Croft, which is a it's it's an underground settlement. It used to belong. It used to be uh, one of the settlements of Gelmora. And now I know what Gelmora is and what it means to Gridania and to the Black Shroud and how Gridanians have interred their dead there for centuries. Um, and it just makes it feel so much more alive because it's not just a name and a ruin in a, in a, in a, in a hill. I don't know. I, I appreciate that because I appreciate immersion. When I'm doing a thing, I'm like, I'm all in. So when I was doing that today, I walked out of the, the little antechamber where all of the magic bones skeletons are kind of wandering around. And you, you walk outside and you have the stairway back up to the Black Shroud in front of you and you're surrounded by, you know, old ass moss covered stonework. And it's quiet. There's no music. But all you can hear is the, the breeze through the trees and birds and insects. And it's so immersive. It's so beautiful. And then having the added knowledge of the weight of this location and what it means was, was a really, it was almost like a frisson moment. It was really cool. Well, good. I'm glad that we enhanced that experience for you, Jen. Thanks. <laughs> I'd hope that we both care about this, given how many hours we've spent so far on, on this project. I have I've never spent this many hours outside of public school, which is, you know, mandated on something. Uh, maybe piano lessons. <laughs> Not even your job. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> Fuck a job. Yeah, it's obscene. I think I'm, I'm, I'm approaching 1,700 hours in a year on this which is essentially a second job. Yeah. Yeah. Not including podcast hours, which, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, you get paid in good times. Ah, crochet that on a... No, let's, you don't crochet that. Cross-stitch that on a pillow. Final Fantasy fourteen. We'll pay you in good times. I think that the, the life men's dump, as far as the, the sins of a mission go, is pretty minor. It's just weird to go and see that thing, which is so detailed... When you get up there, it's full of all this ornamentation on the stump, and no one says a single thing about it. Yeah. Which is pretty weird. Like, what is this? I would have assumed something related to the sylphs, honestly, before I thought about moogles at all. Sure. Well, speaking of moogles, I'm still not clear on the mechanics of who can see them and who can understand moogles in the Twelves Wood. This was further mystified by the 1.0 researching I've been doing recently, primarily for the Cartano episode coming up soon. Because in 1.0, they make a bigger deal about who can understand the Moogles and not who can see them. And as we know, the Echo gives us the gift of understanding, which makes sense for the Warrior of Light to understand them. But they don't seem to care whatsoever about the visibility of the Moogles. It never became a question. I just assumed in this, in, you know, 2.0 and beyond, that everybody could see them and hear them. Because, again, I started in Ulda, and I, only when you start in Gridania do you hear somebody say, wow, you can hear and see a Moogle? Yeah. Before, it was just everybody can see and hear it, obviously, because that's how you get your fucking mail. <laughs> yep. It's weird for them to um, put a that sort of barrier, like, you can only get your mail if you have the magic ability to see and hear Moogles, Okay. There is one chance that we have to get this demystified, which is when they come up around level 50. I don't know if we encounter them. Maybe I'm forgetting something because it's been a long time and a lot of content since my first A Realm Reborn playthrough. But maybe there's something else. But failing that, 
the level 50-ish encounter with Moogles will be hopefully the time that we answer this question once and for all. Right. With, uh, you know, this knowledge now and doing it over again, hopefully. Hopefully we'll pick up on some sort of conversation that will uh, reveal the truth. Yep. On an unrelated note, the Sildi subterrain has just recently released for us. And I have to say it is absolutely wild how much Sildi lore is in that place. Mm-hmm. That ties directly into our first Ulda episode. Yeah. That I would know nothing about without the research that was done for that episode. Oh my god. And it made that patch so much cooler. Yeah. I was so much more excited for it because we had we had discussed it. And we were like, hey, you know, the past between um, you know, Sildi and Ulda and the the conflicts between them and uh, moving the seat of government um from one to the other and like just just a tremendous amount of lore. So when it when you I think you're the one who notified me about the upcoming dungeon series for Sildi in like live on the podcast on a recording. I'm like, oh no way. I was it was yeah, stoked. So stoked to finally get in there. Cause you're you're kind of traipsing around it for a while in when you're playing the game. You you'll go there for a couple of instances and it's always it's ever present, but it's just again, a pile of ruins. And you get little tidbits of what the ruins were when you play, but nothing like what would be exposed about the place when you dive deeper into the lore, which you have to go outside the game to do that. And that that really helped. I'm not saying that Square Enix should have people do homework. Like, all right, before we release this dungeon, you need to prove that you've read chapters, blah, blah, blah. So that you can, we understand, <laughs> or we know that you can appreciate what it is that we're giving to you. Whatever. I appreciated it. It was super cool. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Still haven't cleared the Criterion because my team members, one of them is on vacation for 10 days. So uh, unfortunately, we're almost done with the last boss. And then it's like, well, we didn't clear this time. So I have to wait for 10 days to finish the clear. A bit of a bummer, but whatever. Yeah. It's not going anywhere, of course. That's what happens when you game as an adult. Yep. <laughs> we're not all 14. We have shit fuck to do. I've got to wonder, though, like, what do people who haven't refreshed themselves or, I guess, freshed themselves for the first time on Sildi lore think about all the lore stuff in that? Because it feels like it would just, like, wash over you if you didn't have the context to kind of parse. A hundred percent. Because that's what every past dungeon for me did. It just kind of washes over you. Here's an experience that was cool. It's superficial in a way. Not saying that the, you know, the design of the environments and the music and the enemies and all of that isn't already immersive enough, but having that background knowledge is, it's just, it's so much better. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything else that you want to revisit, Jen? I don't think so. I think that was like the biggest one. Yep. And and also everything related to the history of Gridania, which going through the game the first time... It's a pretty forest, and Elizans live there. And that's just sad that it really didn't extend beyond that uh, until we started doing this. Amazing. And I know you hate it. I know you fucking hate it. <laughs> but I think it's gorgeous. I love it. It's 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 definitely my favorite environment. I mean, I, I, ugh, I love them all. I have a very soft spot for Ulda because starting city, and I just love the desert in general. And well, hang on. Let's let's not blow our load too soon, Jen. What the fuck? 
Um, That's all we're doing in this episode. This is the blow your load episode. Well, you can blow your load in a controlled fashion. Oh, like tantric or? Because I was going to ask you, now that you've seen all three starting cities from a new character perspective, which one is your favorite of all those? God, I knew you were going to We're grading me. on experience, not on, you know, try and put first time origin aside. Right. Who played through Ulda only and you love that because you experienced it for your first time. If you were to try and divest yourself of that experience, which of these three would be your favorite? Limsa Lominsa, I think. There are no wrong answers. I know, I know. I, I just, I can't. It's really hard to separate past gen from the gen that exists today. Yes. It's impossible. And it's it's also hard to remember all the, the little details. Understood. Um, it's a thought exercise. You, you obviously, you can't excise of your- content. Yeah, you yeah. can't excise your past experiences, of course. But thinking, you know, if I were if I were fresh gen, I think the the environment of Limsa, the music, the story, the characters, I th- I think that comes out on top by just a a hair. Well, a win's a win. Yeah, congrats, Limsa. And also setting aside my feelings for for Merle Vib, you know, trying to be as as impartial as possible. Sure. Yeah. Appreciated. I also would choose Limsa. Hey. I think that Ulda is the most interesting city as far as what I find appealing in a fantasy setting goes. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that the MSQ does a good job of showing Ulda. Correct. Because Limsa has a cohesive story from start to finish, it falls down, it stumbles a bit in places as they all do at this point in the game. But I think that just the fact that it has a unified story that follows a single thread from start to finish really gives it the win for me. Yeah, I think I think that factors factors in quite a bit. Going through the MSQ in all of these cities, that that kind of flatness of story or a disconnected story will obviously affect your um, your opinion. So yeah, I think that's probably what eked it out a little bit over the others despite me just absolutely i fucking love ulda i love the city i love the the land but msq wise is a little bit flatter than limsa and then i think gradenia and ulda are tied for second place i'm not i'm not putting any of them in last (laughs) place all right they're not being ranked one two three that's your choice i wasn't going to fixate on the negative regardless Mm -hmm. so that's okay not that it's negative just one of them is slightly better than the other. <laughs> uh, I don't even like using that word. Anyway. So Jen, for the class quests, not counting Rogue because that one has an unfair advantage given <clears throat> its separate release from the rest of the content. Um, which of the starting class quests is your favorite? Thaumaturge. Yeah. Without hesitation. Go on. I think historically, Thaumaturge has a greater connection to that area of Heidelin. It's also a little edgelordy. And I'm I'm down with that. And then you have the five brothers who are the guild masters, and the the chemistry between them is really adorable. And you go to a different one for a different lesson. This class quest felt really like dangerous. There was a lot at stake here, with a an ancient, you know, black magic entity. A void scent. So having this this very powerful void scent running amok and killing other thaumaturges and stealing their power. It felt really satisfying to engage in that story, and it felt like you were actually 
it was more than just getting your mojo back, like in the case of, you know, pugilist and uh, or, you know, fighting so that the guild isn't uh, signed over to some asshole because everybody bets the guild. Yeah, it just just overall a very satisfying story. And the characters involved were just super fun. Well, nice. Yeah. Wouldn't argue with that one. Despite your dissing, though, I'm going to say Pugilist was my favorite. That w- it, was, it was fun. Yes, it was very fun. Most of these quests tend to drag, even the good ones, because they are, are paced poorly, given the mandated every right. five levels pacing of the quests. Right. And I, I think that it's just the most fun to play through Pugilist for me. It's got so many comedic moments to spice up the gameplay, and it moves forward at a nice clip, too. It's not the the vegetables of the quests. It doesn't have all the vitamins. No, nah, it's a donut. It is still a game, ultimately, and hopefully we're having fun while doing it. I love that. It did not take itself too seriously at all. And, I mean, you're, again, you're not really like the main character in that, in that quest. The main character is Hammond, yep. which is fine, because he's very endearing. And you're rooting for him. And then, of course, the the reveal at the end when he's he, you know, fights that asshole and he launches this punch and then he's automatically just, you know, transformed back into his youth for a split second, which is the coolest moment. That's probably my favorite moment. I like the marmot fight. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, it's just pure, pure comedy. It's so cute. Seeing that little thing flipping through the air and his punches going like half a second too late. Yep. That said, I need to give an honorable mention to Archer because that one carries the story of Gordania on its back. No other content goes anywhere close to actually covering what Gordania is. I mean, they're, they're putting two representatives from historically warring peoples in your little triumvirate for when you're doing the the class quest you're face to face with the conflict and then both of them are are struggling with identity there is no escape from the gradinian past in that job quest and that's why it's cool it's good it's good that's why the episode was like an hour 20 <laughs> as opposed Fuck. to 40 minutes i know it didn't it didn't feel like that long of a thing there's a lot to talk about there oh. finally <laughs> Yeah, they aren't all winners. (laughs) Okay, so looking forward. It's difficult to forecast how long it's going to take us in getting through ARR, in part because I don't recall half the content given the time and how, to, to an extent, meandering the story is. I think it's made worse by, you have this, um, this crescendo, this very clear climax in the story. And then it just continues to go on and on and on and on and on. And you're like, where the fuck is Heaven's Word? <laughs> Why are we not in Ishgard yet? Like, Jesus Christ. And I, I forget most everything that happened between the thing and the Heaven's Word. It's, it's a very dense and long epilogue to A Realm Reborn. But anyway, point being, it's hard to forecast how long it's going to take us to cover that. We're going to start off for now by doing the same schedule of um, one main story quest episode and one side content episode on alternating weeks, but we may change the ratio up depending on how fast we're going through one pool of content. And of course, now we have other good stuff like the optional dungeons and Palace of the Dead, 
We have more classes available to us now, raids, all that stuff on top of just the class quests. Yeah. A ridiculous amount of content. We will see how it's paced and we'll adjust as uh, as needed. That seems fair. Nice. Thank you, Jen. You're welcome. Okay. That is it for this episode. Next week, we will be taking a very deep dive into the Battle of Cartano. Then after that, we are back to the A Realm Reborn main story quest. Well, that was a a nice little recap of what we've done so far, and uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode. If you would like to get in touch, you can do so via email at podreturnffxiv at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you next time.